Generally Speaking About the Church, episode number 38. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of About the Church. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. And my name is D.G. Hollums. And here today, we are going to do what we do every week. We're going to generally speak about the church. Just generally. Just generally. Yeah. Real talk about real faith. DG, you know, last week we begged, we pleaded, we bribed people to call us on the phone. <laughs> yes, we did. <laughs> like nobody's business. No doubt, man. It's like I, I took my cell phone down on the streets and said to this guy, he's like, <laughs> man, I will buy you a sandwich if you will just call me. <laughs> Please. Seriously, though, uh, we did get some callers this week. And I think the probably best thing to do is just to honor that. By by let's let's go ahead and see what people are saying about our show. Sure. All right. So the first thing we have is Rick in Wisconsin. So Rick, what do you got for us? Hey, this is Rick calling from Wisconsin for the about the church podcast. Um, there was so much in this week's show. I have to really abridge my comments, or I'll <laughs> leave way too long of a message. Um, I guess I'll start with the last subject of about the flag and and whether it has a place in a church. Um, not something I had really given much thought to before, and I think DG made a lot of good arguments um, that I couldn't really refute. Um, with the possibility of one thing, I'm not sure uh, what the regulations surrounding the flag are, because I remember when they were trying to pass a law about the burning of the flag, that I thought I, I heard on the news that the federal government doesn't actually have any law regarding how the flag is to be handled, but it's the American Flag Society, which was formed about 100 years ago, that formulated these rules that are kind of the standard, but I, I don't think it's a law. So if I felt that the, the government was mandating that the flag be held above everything else in my church, then I would definitely not want to have a flag there. Uh, but if it's just a tradition, um, then I think if, it, it could be there as a part of elements of the community that the church is a part of. Um, the somewhat Christian heritage in our country in the sense that many of the founders and the people who led the movements that brought about the formation of the country were Christians uh, or believed in the Christian God. And the going to the social justice part of it, um, I, I agree strongly with the idea that if the church was doing everything the church should be doing, many of the social programs that the government does wouldn't be necessary. The church ought to be doing those things. And the same thing with the environment or abortion or whatever issue. And uh, I agree that it's often the loud voices at the far ends of the spectrum that drowned out any reason and conversations that would actually accomplish something. And uh, if we try to practice our Christianity... And I think that's pretty much all we got from the rest of his cell phone there. Yeah. We're losing your signal. But I think we got the gist of what Rick had to say there. Yeah. Rick, thank you so much. I, I you know, we're so glad that we sparked a couple thoughts. And if nothing else, that that's what I hope this uh, podcast does is it really helps people to really think about what they believe and to get them thinking about things rather than just passively accepting everything that is just laid before us. Yeah, and, and you know, honestly, the reason this came about is because it was it was an issue that had just come up in my life that I was wrestling with. And so we just kind of brought that out there and let everybody else kind of wrestle with it as well. And, you know, welcome to life. This is this is uh, this is exactly what I think is good about doing a podcast and stuff like that is so, you know, if you're wrestling with something, we can bring that up here and we can have a discussion over that and we can include other people in the community to be able to do that. So right. that's exactly what happened. And in fact, if you happen to be wrestling with something that we haven't brought up, Definitely. Feel free to li just light up the phone line here 
Area code 859-795-4067. It's available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And by phone line, we mean voicemail. That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> and there are probably no lights involved unless you call the screen a light. <laughs> But do call us. We 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 if you're if you're if you have a question about the Christian faith, I mean seriously, we we would love to discuss it. I don't. I'm not saying that we'll have an answer for everything, but we will probably discuss it in an upcoming episode. So do call us. Don't Definitely. limit your, don't limit your calls just to things that we've covered. Right. Is exactly. Basically, what I'm saying. Yeah. And I meant to ask you um, if if you could add or tell me where to place stuff. Do we have an about the church thing on the forum? Uh, not on the forum. The the online forum, I've always kept uh, basically faith-based topics out because oh, we, okay. be, simply because that is, it, it all started with the, the Lost podcast. Sure, sure. And there's sure. a great, huge community there, that, but yet it's not one that's built upon well, shared The reason I faith. asked that is I was just, I'm just trying to find out where we could be able to put show notes or something else. Like, oh, that. like where could I give you a link for, for people to, because I have the updated flag code in downloadable form oh, yeah, from yeah. the house representatives website. You know, it's just stuff like that, that we could just throw up there and just say, Hey, this is where DG was reading this stuff. And, and where he got it. As soon as we're like as soon as we're done with the episode, just shoot me an email with the link and I'll put it into the show notes. Cool. If, you, if people just go to gspn.tv and then they go to where it's you know housed on the website. It'll okay, be in cool. the show notes. So cool. we'll go ahead and put the flag code in then. Yeah, it, yeah. I'll just give you a link to it. I actually already sent it to you via email. Um, right. But um, but basically, what and you're, I think you're exactly right. I don't think there's necessarily a, a law, a regular you know a law about this kinds of stuff because it would basically be interfering with free speech. Blah blah blah. Because that's what everyone uses to be able to burn the flag. Right. And things like that. But it's called the flag code and it's the United States statues at large. 77th Congress, second session, 1942, volume 56, part one, public laws, states in section 3K. And then uh, there's also an updated flag code in downloadable format that we'll put on the show notes for you. Very cool. Um, but yeah, I think that I think it is, um, you know, it is it is basically something that's not necessarily a law, but this is what the House of Representatives has said. This is how it will dis- how it will be displayed. Right. Um, and uh, and has all those regulations, you know, it must be higher and, you know, must be most prominent. And if it's processed in, it has to be either in the center or above everything else and and stuff like that. So anyway, thanks so much for calling. I really appreciate that. Absolutely. And so next up, we have James who called in and actually James called twice. We'll play his shorter message first. Hi, this is James Marlowe calling from Hickson, Tennessee. I'm calling for the general, generally speaking, about the church uh, podcast. You guys are talking about, uh, this is a several episodes back, high versus low church worship. And I'm a music pastor down here in, in Hickson, and I get really caught up over this word worship because so often we talk about it like it's music, and it's the, the, the music portion of the of the service, and I know, Cliff, that you didn't necessarily agree with that, but I was thinking about Romans 12, 1. <clears throat> this is from the NIV, by the way. I'm not a King James-only person. Uh, where Paul said, uh, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. It seems pretty clear to me, and I wrote a paper on this when I was in seminary, that uh, worship is about doing whatever you're doing for the glory of God. And so in my job, <clears throat> excuse me, I happen to lead music, but I'm not any more worshiping, for example, than the person who's over in the nursery watching the kids or the person who was out there cleaning the toilets before the service if they're doing it in such a way that they bring glory to God, if if they're doing it uh, for that purpose, then it's worship. And I think the quicker we can get our heads and our hearts around that fact, the quicker we're going to come into a place where our entire lives are really about worshiping God. Um, anyway, that's all I got. So Chris and GD. Chris and day. GD. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> Loving the podcast. Bye. Chris and GD. That was awesome. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I totally get that. I mean, really, the the whole concept of of worship is is a life lived for the pleasure of God, and whatever you do, do it as your spiritual act of worship. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And the, and the Hebrew word for worship actually is no different than the word for work. Yeah. And so, you know, <laughs> so their understanding of worship is is that, and what we were basically kind of talking about was liturgy, yes. not necessarily a worship, yes. whether it be a high liturgy or a, a low liturgy or whatever else you want to call it. But, right. You but know, yeah, no, good, good, good points. And, and thank you for clarifying the difference between worship and liturgy. Absolutely. And one of the things that I get stuck on is I am, tr- I've tried to train myself to not use the 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 word church as being synonymous with the place or the mm-hmm. weekend ga- weekend gathering of all the believers. Right. Yeah. I I and and I still struggle with that. It's like I try to find you. Well, just go back to the Greek and just say ecclesia. You know. Yes. Well, the thing <laughs> the is, gathering is, of believers. I, I I mean I I even go so far as I'm on my I'll I'll do a Twitter message and it'll say something more along the lines of. Uh, getting ready to walk out the door for our weekend celebration service with the folks from Waterfark. <laughs> <laughs> and then I ultimately end up, oh, man, we're going to be late for church again. I'm like, <laughs> Well, it's, you know, it's true. I think that we, I think it's good to question, not to question, but it's good to be able to be thoughtful of what terminology you're using. It's, I think, I think it's very good. Well, not only that, but I think it's I think it's really critical for us because there are so many non-churched people out there that we use church language with, right? And they don't know what we mean with some of these words, exactly. And so when we consistently say, you know, um, I'm going to church, I'm going to church. Well, in so many people's mind, the idea of being a Christian means going. You know, you that's something you go and do at this building. Right. right. And and what we, I think, unfortunately do when we continue to use the word church to describe that facility. Right. We ingrain in people's mind that, you know, church is something you do here and life is something you do outside of that place. Yeah. It just promotes compartmentalization. of Exactly. And so that's why I try I mean, I really go out of my way not to call that place church yeah. and and to use church in the truest sense. It's like I'm so thankful for my church and, and, and the family that I have here. And so very awesome stuff. Yep. So welcome to the chat room, Allison. She's having one of those days. Those days. So th- this is going to radically change her day now. So. We are praying for Allison to have a radically changed <laughs> that day that's right she didn't put a smiley face up maybe she's she's either faking it (laughs) which is very good of most christians or she's actually having a good part of her day right now (laughs) all right so we're gonna go to one more caller uh this is jeff roney and he had uh basically a lot to say regarding some of the things we've covered recently hey guys it's jeff roney and i just want to give you some thoughts on uh your show about social justice and evangelism and that kind of a thing. Sorry for the fans. It's pretty hot here. So I agree with everything that you said. And I do think it's interesting that something like social justice is still kind of a a new concept uh, to some folks uh, where I've been following this for quite a while. And, you know, Bono is a huge proponent of social justice using your belief and your status and your stature for good in the world. And he spoke uh, many times at uh, the uh, prayer breakfast in Washington. And if you can get and listen to the, uh, the last prayer breakfast he did in Washington, it'll, it's, it's amazing. It really is. I mean, it's almost like you're, you're at a church service. Uh, Bono is just right on the money uh, when it's talking about AIDS and, 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 that, and support. So uh, social justice is very important and evangelism. Um, what, what's kind of sad is the church has really kind of fallen into this kind of memorizing of a script because they really don't want their life uh, or their just experiences on this planet to be um, a field for evangelism. They would rather kind of break it down into a memorized, rote, um, uh, winning an argument debate. And uh, the Bible is pretty clear that no man comes to the Father, but that the Spirit draws them. And that means that there's something other than just facts and figures. I mean, if you walk up to people like they have on that show by an old, uh, you know, family oh boy, star, you can't walk up to somebody and say, you're dying and going to hell. What are you going to do about it? That's just, that's not, that's, if it works, it's only going to work 2% of the time. And if you really do want to get people into heaven, that's not the way to do it. But I think just being friends, being kind, being loving, um, that's a wonderful thing. And also, 
you can do what they call servant evangelism, which is actually doing acts of kindness to people, no strings attached, except no money, but it's just showing tangibly, practically, um, God's love for people. And there's a site called ServantEvangelism.com that has lots of great ideas. And uh, there's great stories about people that have their their meals bumped up to, you know, uh, the bigger size. So I think leading with love and is a great way to express God to people. Thank you so much, Jeff, for your feedback. A uh, couple things. First off, Bono. Yes. I like Bono. I happen to really like Bono. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm, you know. Have you read his new book? The one that's just a really small book. It's all about AIDS and stuff like that. No, I have not. Oh, man. Great book. Just go buy it. Is it? It's really good. Cool. It's simple. It's easy. It's really thin. Yeah, I, I really enjoy Bono. Um, now, I had not seen the video yet of the prayer breakfast talk that he gave. However, I did uh, see where he was interviewed by, oh, goodness, uh, Willow Creek, Bill Hybels. Uh-huh. Have you ever seen that interview? Uh, no, I've not seen that interview. It, uh, Willow Creek does a national conference every year, or actually it might even be international conference now. It's called the Leadership Summit. And it is really good, and they did a pre-recorded um, interview between Bill Hybels and Bono, and I will tell you, it was the most amazing thing I ever heard in my life um, from somebody who is quote-unquote not officially tied to the church. Oh, yeah. It was really great stuff. Um, he, he basically shared, you know, it, it's one of those things, it's like, listen, you know, it, this is where... Bill Hybels is saying, you know, I believe the local church is the answer to the world's greatest needs. And, of course, he's like, okay, Bono, you know, with what you are, with what you're experiencing and with what you're doing, where do you see that the local church needs to get more involved? And, and oh, my goodness, the things he said stepped <laughs> on so many toes and, and basically yeah. really um, echo a lot of the things that the emerging church and, and some of the other um, people out here today who are really fed up with a lot of just the, the day-to-day mundane following of right. what's always been done. Right. And it was really eye-opening eye and, and very awake, um, awakening for <laughs> very some. Very awake. It was, it was a, it was it was a great awakening for so many people. It, yeah, a lot of people yeah. came away from that. It's like, wow, we need to do something about social justice. Yes, and so I, I and it is a justice. It's you know one of the video links that 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 Jeff sent us uh, had Bono doing a, a a speech at I think the prayer breakfast somewhere, and he was basically saying you know he grew up with uh, with one parent that was Catholic and one parent that was Protestant in Ireland. I mean, you want to talk about major, major, I mean, war going on between Roman Catholics and, and, and Protestants. Right. And uh, he said, you know, he grew up just with the frustration that that is. And, 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 you know, his dad would be standing out there when they're coming out from church. You know, you're just like, oh, my gosh. And um, but he was just talking about the importance of, you know, social justice is, is truly is truly bringing the justice of God into this world. It is not just something good you do. It's not just something that you get a tax write-off for. That it is really, truly bringing the justice of God in this world. Right. And you're doing it with love and doing it with grace. And, I mean, that's powerful stuff. And if Christians get that, oh, my gosh, this world better look out because there is going to be a wave of grace and love and forgiveness that is going to knock this world off its feet. And can I just share from experience that how, you know, some people say, well, I just wish my church would get that. Well, I want to tell you, um, I really want to stress that word church again. Well, guess what? You are the smallest form of that church. You're, you right. are that church. And if you want your church to get it, this is something I've seen happening many times. Now, he mentioned servant evangelism. Uh-huh. Servant evangelism is this concept of, of basically going out and not handing out tracts to thousands of people, but right. se- seriously going out of your way and sacrificially serving somebody else in whatever way. Right. Whether that means uh, washing their car for free and not accepting any donations, helping people at the grocery store uh, carry their groceries to the car, uh, raking their leaves, mowing their lawns, you know, taking their trash cans back up to the house. Right. I mean, any kind of little service that you can do, and and basically just doing that for the for the sake of serving others, mm-hmm. and and saying, you know, listen, no strings attached. I just wanted to tell you in a practical way 
God loves you and I'm right. here to serve. And if you ever need anything, there there is a place you can call and there will be people there that will help meet your needs. Right. And, that, you know, the the guy who first started all that stuff off was Steve Shogren. Shogren. I can't ever remember from how to the pronounce his church last from, Cincinnati. Big, from the big vineyard here in Cincinnati. And, um, and you know, and they would go, they would literally go to strip clubs and clean the toilets. Yep. <clears throat> and then hand out like match matches and that had the address and the name of their church and the matches and just say, Hey, you know, if you are impressed by this, you know, come check out what our community looks like and stuff like that. I, I have no problems with that whatsoever. Although it, it, you know, people, I think a lot of normal people would say, ah, I see you're still advertising something. There's still a hook here. You're trying to get me to go there. Yeah. And, and so I would, I would attach to servant evangelism, do it for the purpose of developing a relationship with people. Right. So if you do it, don't just do it randomly to strangers. Although there's nothing wrong with that. That should just be a part of who you are as a Christian. Mm-hmm. You're going to be doing random stuff to help out strangers. But the purpose of that is so that those people stop becoming strangers and start becoming friends and start becoming community. And you invite them into the community through a deeper relationship that lasts years. Right. Um, so if you do these random acts of kindness, don't make them so random. You know, do it with go intention. back to the same place exactly. over and over and over again. Exactly. If you're gonna, if, if you want to, if you go to the grocery store, then look for that one person that's checking people out, that's checked you out in the past, and constantly search for that person, even if the line's twelve miles long, for that one person. Because the purpose of this, in my mind, is to develop a relationship with them, and that relationship would eventually lead them into community, Christ, Christ-centered community, and hopefully. Um, you know, a, a, an authentic relationship with Christ. Right. Not one that's been forced, but one that they say, you know what? This Christian guy, this God that you say, if if he is, if you are supposedly a representative of him, then I would do that in a heartbeat because you've helped me through the death of my mom and helped me through, you know, all of these different things because you had a relationship with them. You right. cared about them and you loved them. And you got to give them a little sense of what grace and love and forgiveness look like. So. And the other thing I will say, and going back to this story, is is that it, what I've seen, and I've seen this take place more than once, where two or three people hear about service servant evangelism, and they think, oh my gosh, our small group, sh- we should do this together. Let's do this. And then all of a sudden they do it, it becomes something that it's like, wow, we really made a difference. I mean, we mm-hmm. really served. It felt good to do this. Yeah. And they do it again. And then all of a sudden another group in the church hears about it and they want to join in. Yeah. And then another group. And then before you know it, the entire church, it, it's in the bulletin, the entire church is showing up. And before you know it, your church in the community, and I know this from experience, has become known as the church that goes out into the community and does these things. And other churches start saying, Sending teams of people to yeah. come with you, yeah. and eventually, what happened in in several circumstances was that those this one church would then train these other churches how they started. Which is it's like, dude, listen, don't start big, start small. Yeah, yeah. And, and 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 don't go don't go over organized with this thing. Don't think that you have to go raise a lot of money. Yeah. By golly, start out with four or five people. Take the people you got and go do this. Right. Right. And um, it so it, it really it, it really does change the way people look at evangelism. Yeah, definitely. And serving others, so very cool. All righty, so let's see here. Um, I think we have James. James has a second, second. call. It is a four minute call. I'm gonna play all four minutes, and uh, DG and I are gonna go grab a bite to eat. I was about to say we're gonna take a nap real quick. We'll be right back. <laughs> no, seriously, we'll take note. <laughs> we'll take notes, and we'll follow up. Hey, Cliff and DG, this is James calling for the Generally Speaking About the Church broadcast. I'm real dumb because I'm a couple of weeks behind, so I'm like catching up. And so I'm calling, of course, to comment about every podcast as I finish them. But I just finished listening to the uh, episode 34, Wives Submitting to Husbands. And, boy, I mean, you guys wait until the end of the episode to really uh, hit the hard topic. But there was something I wanted to to just throw out there for discussion maybe next time, since we're just speaking generally about the church. Um, uh, DG, I believe, said that the verse right before Ephesians 5.22 is submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And that, again, I'm not saying you were saying this specifically, but I've heard a lot of people say that what that means is we're all supposed to submit to each other. And so... Which is true, because that's obviously what it says, but then they take Ephesians 5.22, wives submit to your husbands as to the Lord, and they say that, but that could also, the inverse of that is true, and husbands submit to your wives as to the Lord. 
The problem with that is, first of all, Ephesians 5:22 and 23 say very specifically, Wives, submit to your husbands. As the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the Savior. So if you invert that, it's not that big a deal. If you invert the first part. But then if you invert the first part, wives submit to your husbands and husbands submit to your wives, then you have to invert the second part, which would mean this. For the wife is the head of the husband, as the church is the head of Christ, of whom she is the Savior of him. That's, that's hard. But then uh, again in 24, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands. Now as Christ submits to the church, so also husbands should submit to their wives. And you just can't do that. Um, Paul takes a very specific approach here, and he says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Now I'm going to tell you how that's done. He talks about wives and husbands, uh, slaves, children, all these different ways that we're supposed to act uh, in community. Uh, and when he says, husbands, love your wives, what he's saying there is, here's how you're going to submit, husbands. You're going to love your wife more than yourself. You're going to take your will and put it aside so that you can love your wife the way that she needs to be loved. And that's going to be how you submit to her because you're, you're subduing yourself for her good. Um, so, Cliff, I, I totally agree with you. In fact, uh, my wife and I have used that exact uh, illustration. If we have an issue that's come up and uh, we can't make a decision, we can't agree on a decision, then I have to make the call. But, you know, we've gone a little further in our uh, explanation of it. So, you know, if, if we decide to move, for example, uh, or I decide to move and she didn't want to and I get there and things fall apart, you know, her responsibility is to come up beside me, be my helpmate, and say, it's okay, we will make it through this. God is still with us, it'll be okay. That's how she reacts if things go badly. And I've made the call, you see. And if things go great, I'm not to go, you see, woman, I told you, you need to submit to me all the time because I'm always going to be right. That's not how it works. This this idea of mutual submission, and I know, guys, I know I'm going on too long. Cliff, feel free to edit me if you want to, or just toss this out altogether and just be edified, you two. What's going on here with submission is this is how we're supposed to function, again, in community. But it's very specific, too. It's not just a general thing. And submission is not bad. It's not a bad thing. Uh, anyway, that's all I got for today. Well, at least for this podcast particular <laughs> episode. Thanks, guys. Still love the show. I've been listening to it for like an hour and a half now. Take care. Bye. James, thanks so much, man. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Lots of good stuff there. Lots of good stuff. Um, let's see here. The first off, you know, we're not going to go ahead and recover everything we covered last week. So if no. this is your first episode and you're wondering what he's talking about with a lot of, you know, the stuff that DG said last week and a lot of stuff I said last week regarding wives submitting to husband, I really encourage you to go back and listen to episode 37. Yes. However, we yes. are going to talk up. Uh, I, I know uh, DG wanted to bring up a little bit just to follow up with this call. And uh, I think DG also has another topic for us to discuss today. So, yes. So, so go ahead. Well, first of all, I, I just want to say you are not real dumb. No, absolutely <laughs> not. And, and it's very obvious that you're not real dumb just by the, the voicemail you left. So I, I cannot tell you thank you enough uh, for leaving that voicemail and um, and for you know telling passionately, uh, being able to help explain to a lot of people what exactly is going on in the text here. I, um, you, uh, your voicemail, and this is one of the things I was, I was telling Cliff before we started, I am so appreciative of your voicemail because I told everybody, we told everybody up front, at least when I came on, listen, sometimes our answer might not be, I don't know. I mean, it might be, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Or it might be, well, this is the way that I've always understood it, but I'm going to go and, and do more research. And that's exactly what your voicemail did for me. It forced me to go back and, 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 and do research, do my own exegetical work on the text, go to some commentaries and stuff like that. And so, uh, and so I stayed up late just being absorbed by this and, and, and all day yesterday, actually, uh, reading this stuff and, and finding this stuff. So, so what'd you come up with? My so friend? here, here are the 10 things. 
the ten things. I, I became I, I became obsessed. This is where we specifically speak about the church. <laughs> well, it's just it's, just, no, it's just passionate. Kidding. I'm just giving, man. I passionate about just it. Just go with it. Number All one. Right, so here are the other things. Should we do top ten? We can if you want to. Start with it number did stop 10. at eleven. So just go. All right. Number one is this is only for husbands and wives, not male and female roles. Okay. So so I I want to make sure that that is very clear to everybody. This is not giving every male this opportunity to be able to say, well, you're a woman, you have to submit to me. This okay. is only to husbands and wives. Okay. Uh, and Christ is the example that qualifies headship and submission. Okay. Uh, and that's very, very big and huge key. And we also must read that with this in the first century culture in mind, which is very patriarchal uh, as society. So men were the head of everything at this point in time. And uh, women, and then you know, you you had this you had this understanding of shame and honor, but you also had this understanding of honor as being it starts with male, then it goes down to female, and then it goes down to children, and then of course you have orphans and widows, and you know people that have no marriage or no relationship or family. I mean, those are literally just the the lowest of the low when it came to those kinds of things. So you have to read that in the first century culture in mind. So, so can I just stop you for one second sure. and say is and ask you, do you think that that's the same kind of um, view that we need to take a look at when we, or to keep in mind in First Peter three seven, which I will say is is a, an an equally unattractive um, verse for for many. So you're bringing wives. up the second topic. Is oh, let's see here. <laughs> Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner. Right. Yeah. And I think Ouch. That, I think you need to look at the translation of the weaker partner in the Greek. <laughs> All right. And which which I think we'll probably do and, and, and maybe look that up next week and oh, talk cool. about it next that's week. Cool. Awesome. So, OK, so then uh, the submission of the wife to the husband is within the wider submission of everyone to each other in 21. I still think that he's talking about everyone submits to everyone. This is a Christian value. Okay. Because Christ is the example of this and he his level of submission was ultimate. I yes. mean and and you were looking back to an a, a something, you know, an and a past tense understanding of love which we can talk about a little bit later on. That's number 10 or number 8. But anyway, uh so I think it's very important because he he did mention that this is this is all talking about community. This is community in your house, this is community with, you know, with your wife, with your kids, blah 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 blah. Uh, I mean, with your marriage and with your kids and then slaves and stuff like that, too. All right. So and then the motive for submission of the wife is within the context of the wife's relationship to the Lord. OK. Uh, and so if she is going to be submissive, she's going to be submissive because she's following the example of Christ in in, in all circumstances. Um, and I think that's very, very important. I and mean, this is all based around your relationship with, with God and, and with Christ, of course. Um then the submission is regulated by the divine pattern of Christ's relationship to the church. So the husband's authority is regulated by Christ's example and the principle of love. And that's exactly what he was talking about. I, th- I think that's what he was really kind of putting to point is no human or fallible husband could ever live up to the quality of love and sacrifice that Christ, that Christ has for his church. Right. I mean, th- it's just impossible. Right. There's no possible way we can do it. So all we can do is just this smaller amount. <laughs> you know, does that make sense? Um, a reflection of. Right. And I do believe that it's talking about love in the past tense, which is referring back to an actual event, which I would say would be the cross. And it's talking about that understanding of sacrifice, that understanding of love that Christ has for the church. But even at a much lower level, uh, this is this quality of co- or concern, love and sacrifice a husband must have for his wife. I mean, that's the kind of quality that we should be striving for. Of the love, I unfortunately I got an email this week that would be the perfect example of that. Although it was a quite embarrassing story on the part of the husband, and he shared he he asked me not to oh, share yeah. the details. Oh, oh. <laughs> but oh my gosh, does it so perfectly illustrate that point right there? Yeah, exactly. And 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 this man, as far as I'm concerned, it's one of those things where yeah, I can understand where I would probably be. Um, very embarrassed by the financial issues that that brought about some of the circumstances. Right. But boy, the, the the story in which is told through this email that just happened recently. Oh my gosh, was it powerful and moving and motivating? And, cool. I, and I can't share any of the details, but 
That's okay. Uh, That's all right. But it was. Let me just tell you, there, there, the idea of just going out of your way to sacrificially serve your wife and meet her needs is just amazing. Yeah, that's and, awesome. And and, and and that is what we are called to. Right. We, you know, we can selfishly want and desire so many things, but it's it's and and and, and again, it's it's not just in the marriage relationship, but we're it, it's a Christian trait. It should be a Christian um uh, a mark of uh, uh, it's a fruit of being a Christian is this sacrificing of your own desires. Mhm. And, and considering others' needs first. Exactly. And exactly. we are to do that to the utmost degree when it comes to us and our wives. Right. Exactly. And, and what you just talked about was my number nine, the agape love. And it's agape. It's not philo or something like that. It's agape love spoken of is one that is completely selfless in its nature and therefore does not give any right of the husband to hold any hint of selfish authority over his wife. Yes. that Just say that one right now. One more time. Does not give what? It does not give any right of the husband to hold any hint of selfish authority over his wife. That is the point where most women, or anybody for that matter, would give a problem, that really have a problem with the scripture to talk about what, you know, wives submit to your husband. Right. They're afraid of the, of what you just said. Right. They're afraid of, of someone taking it selfishly and, 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 and taking this authority understanding and 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 exactly and, and, and that's what he was it. talking and abusing it exactly and abusing it. But and you, that, you you got to give women credit here because every human being has a tendency to desire power, to desire authority over other people. I mean that's exactly what I saw. Um, you know, I just see it all over the place, and I think that that is a huge, huge comment that we've got to make sure that we put out there that that this is this is not giving you free reign, right? To be to be selfish and authority, you know, go get me my beer woman kind of attitude. Right. Let, let me tell you, it, it, for me, the, when I, in the past, when I performed weddings for other people, I explained to them, listen, there is one thing that is the most important thing for you to understand as far as God's will for your marriage. And that is that the two of you become one. So, I mean, we can talk about, you know, who is ahead of who and all of these other things. That's really not what the whole point is. Right. The whole point is, is that there needs to be some understanding that the, when whatever disagreements that Stephanie and I may ever have, whatever, you know, when we're faced with the decision, we need to make sure that there is some way that through the process that we can stand together as one being affirmed that we are going to move to re- together in the same direction amen and 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 and, and that's that's churchies for saying exclamation mark <laughs> exactly <laughs> you know i completely agree and and it basically and i finished that up with basically saying it means that his wife must be above his own interests pleasures and personality for the benefit of his wife yes um, so anyway, okay, and then the last one is, I believe that there are many more verses found in the Bible, especially in the New Testament, that speak of mutual submission to each other uh, than of husbands and wives. Yes. And everyone wants to focus on this one, Yep. <laughs> just like they want to do for homosexuality, when there are so many more scriptures talking about, listen, to be a Christian, you submit to other people, period. You live a life of sacrifice. You live a life of, of submission. Exactly. And, uh, just like in 21, that that is a value of, a, of an expression for all believers to each other and that wives to husbands are within that larger context of 21, going back to the very first one that says, you know, submit to one another. Um, right. So, so and, you know, and so, and, and, and when I look at my marriage, when I look at my wife, um, I can't play the authority card when it comes to the knowledge of Scripture. Right. Because <laughs> she knows it so much better than I do. And so, and I trust the Jesus that's within her. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when it comes to this understanding of submission, I really look, I, I respect and, and see the Jesus in my wife. I, I trust the Holy Spirit working through her. And I believe it's the same Holy Spirit that was in Jesus, that's in me, that it's in her. I don't have an extra ounce of it because I'm a husband. Right. Because I've made this covenant with this woman that says I will be with you for the rest of my life, and I and I I long to be able to live sacrificially with you, um, and so so how does that play out with this understanding of head 
and this well, understanding and, of submission and see, that's is, where, is that's, tough stuff. Well, the thing is that, and that's where I came off last week as saying, you know, it, it, it's not necessarily a, a, a me sub, or um, abusing my authority or power of anything of that nature whatsoever. But if it ever came down to it, Stephanie and I have always agreed that you know we, I, I mean, I'm going to listen and value everything she has to say and weight it equally with anything that I have as far as my opinion. And right. we're going to work through these things. We're going to talk about these things. But when it comes down to it, I'm going to take responsibility as the head of the household for the decisions that are made. And by golly, if I, if we made the wrong, if it, if we look back in hindsight and we found that the decision that was made was a mistake. I take responsibility for that. Even if through the even if initially I said well, no that's not the direction we're going to go and then I I consult with her and and we and it's like you know what let's do it your way. And then all of a sudden I we go this way I still take responsibility. And right. and you know and, I, and I and I know that my wife would would take responsibility right alongside me even though if I said I take responsibility she'd be like you know, but, it's me too. You know, and just because I know my wife, and I probably but, I think your wife would be doing the same thing. She goes, "No, you know, it's me too. I don't want you to have all I, the pressure yourself." But, I, but I'm, <laughs> I'm talking, I'm talking more along the lines of you know, be, standing before God, taking responsibility, kind of things. I, I I believe that that is one of the things that, as a husband, I've been called to do. Now, I've been watching a fictional television show about the army called the Unit. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is an awesome Lots show. Lots of good explosions. Exactly. <laughs> and Dennis Haspert plays the 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 unit leader, okay? And he was he um their unit was infiltrated by the CIA operative who tried to get one of the subordinates to, you know, set him up to do something. And and what happened was um, basically there were there were some incidents that happened that one of the team members were clearly responsible for, and when it came down to it, the the team leader says, "Listen, I need to call the colonel and tell him what happened so that I can take responsibility because this did you know because this kind of just blew up on us." And he says, "No, you tell the colonel it's my fault." It, 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 he says, "Listen, if you don't know the rules by now." You better learn them. <laughs> when you are the team leader, you take full responsibility for anything the that happens. The buck stops here. It, exactly. Right. Yeah. And 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 I I don't know. I, I cannot give you an exegetical uh, explanation of that. But in my heart, I really do believe that when it comes down to it, as the husband, I am going to stand before God and be responsible for these decisions, and and not my wife. Yeah. Not that she is not going to be <laughs> before God responsible for anything. That is not what I'm saying. Yeah. But I'm so- talking <laughs> but about. People could take it that way. So I'm I, glad you clarified it. <laughs> I, I, I'm clarifying that now. But I am saying when it comes down to it, my I, it, it's kind of like my children. You know, I don't want I, my children are one day going to grow grow up and they'll be responsible for their own decisions and, and everything like that. Sure. But for the time being. I, I need to tell my children, like, listen, I don't care what you want. This is what I say. Right. You know, and if something bad happens as a result of it, I'm responsible. Right. You know, and, and as the head of the household, if my kid goes out and throws a baseball through the neighbor's yard, even though I told him not to, guess who's responsible for that? As the head of the household, I'm responsible hmm. for that person's imminent domain, and therefore I will need to replace that person's window. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. And yeah. then the same, I, it's, it's kind of that along the lines of what I'm thinking. Yeah, and, and I think the the reason, the, the real rub for me is that a lot of people put the emphasis on the head of the husband and they don't put the emphasis on we are one. Right. And that's the challenge of this verse. And I'm going to always put the emphasis on we are one and, and way over a, and above the fact that I am the head of the household just as a Christ is a head. I agree. So, and, I agree. And, 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 I, and, so, and, that's, and I think that's very, very important for me in my life, but it's very, very important, especially for all the people who who don't read this in context, who don't get it, and they make all these assumptions that you know. And I, I, I know people, I know Christians, good friends of mine, that they believe that it is the woman's role to have as many babies as possible because the Muslims are birthing all these kids and they're going to take over the world. So we as Christians have a responsibility to birth as many kids as possible, and you have to stay home. I mean, this is the authority. I'm saying that in quotes. This is the authority they think they have. You have to stay home 
I'm the only one that can be able to provide for this family. And then they, they think that they have to start their own business and they're not feeding their kids. I mean, their, their, their family is on welfare basically. And they're driving around an SUV and they, you know, they're doing all these things and, you know, and, and there needs to be some way for someone ideally in the perfect world, it would be Christ and the wife that would say, you need to wake up because God did not give you this authority to make your family miserable and you okay. Right. And, and, and so I always want to put the emphasis on, on, <laughs> on mutual submission way over and above this submission that everyone misunderstands. Cause we, we clarified that of, of the wife to the husband. So, but it's, I'm not saying that this is not happening and I'm not saying that this is, this is not the case. You know, I've clarified out what I believe it means to be submissive and what it means to be the head, a completely selfless head. Right. <laughs> so anyway, cool. I, I, a lot of fun. A lot of fun. <laughs> well, we have about 15 more minutes. Did you have another topic you wanted to introduce? Well, uh, I had I had two things I was wanted. I wanted to talk, go back and talk a little bit more about war. Okay. Because Dan Johnson Jr. was in here the last time, and he basically brought up, well, what about when Christ said, I have not come to bring peace in the earth, but I come to bring a uh, sword. Yeah. Um. And and I've I've found that in Matthew, um, uh, ten. And and I I really, I just want to throw out there, Daniel and everybody else, if you use this as a text proof to be able to prove that it's okay to do war, please read the text surrounding it, because <laughs> it is not talking at all about war. It's talking about when you have a faith mm-hmm. and you have a faith in me and other family members don't have that faith. It is going to be causing division. Yes. And and I am I am telling people I want their allegiance to be with me, not necessarily with familiar relationships or things like that. Um, and, and well, I, I want it to be with me first and foremost, and, and then your family comes second to that. And uh, and that's why he's really kind of talking about it. So it's nothing to do with war. So please <laughs> don't don't throw that out there <laughs> yeah, that, as your as your as your text proofing for supporting war. Gotcha. And, and the other thing I was going to do is just, I would really love everyone to be able to go listen to that one podcast, The Flaming Heretic. It's a podcast called, um, what's it called? Homebrewed Christianity. Yep. Um, and you have to understand, it's just two guys sitting down smoking a stogie and drinking a beer and they're talking about stuff. So uh, if you have a problem with that, then you won't want to listen to it. <laughs> but um, this guy's actually a seminary professor and he basically talks about, um, it talks about how the early church actually dealt with war. And things like that. And I'll just give you a little bit of a summary of it. But basically, um, there was this back way back when the Catholic Church, the Roman Catholic Church, uh, were trying to deal with war. How do we understand war? How do we deal with war? And how do we deal with things like First um, uh, Samuel talking about basically the genocide that we talked about last time? Mm-hmm. And so basically, it came before a council, and it was basically three options. You got you got just war. And if you want to know more about just war, we'll put a link up there. We'll give you examples of it. But basically, it just says, um, let me find um, the Wikipedia page really quick. I'll just give you a a really fast summary about just war really quick. Um, Basically, the damage inflicted by the aggressor on the nation or community of nations must be uh, lasting, grave, and certain. What is this? What am I talking? What am I reading here? I don't know. Uh, that's not what I was trying to talk about. <laughs> anyway, for, it has to be just cause. And so there's, there's all kinds of rules and regulations for a war to be defined as just uh, before you get into it. Um, oh, gosh. It's killing me. I'm sorry. I'm clicking on the wrong stuff here. It's those silly MacBooks. No, no, it's not my <laughs> computer. It's definitely the user that's the problem. <laughs> uh, it's a pebcack. A what? A pebcack. The problem exists between keyboard and chair. Yes, exactly. Yes, that's, that's exactly <laughs> right. All right, so I'm sorry. Okay, it's Augustine of, of Hippo that first came up of with Hippo? it. Of Hippo? Of H-I-P-P-O. <laughs> How sorry. would you pronounce that? <laughs> I don't I think I'd at least say hypo. Oh, hypo? Okay. I don't know. Hippo? I'm sure. Hippo. It, it's probably hippo. It's probably hippo. <laughs> but anyway, and, and he came up with different rules and regulations of what you uh, should do and how you could be able to... Uh, decide if a war was just, like it's okay to go to war, for Christians to go to war, that war was just in the intent. There must be a high-minded reason to start the war. Number two, the war is in disposition. Hatred of the enemy is not an ingredient. You have to love your enemy. This has to be a proof that you are actually loving your enemy. Um, And then number three, war is just in auspicious, auspicious, 
Auspicious. <laughs> a lawful authority has declared the war, so I can't just be some crazy lunatic saying, well, we declare war. And then number four, the war is just in its conduct. The means used are not ju- are just and non-combatants are spared. So you're not going to just go kill you know, everybody civilians. if you want to, civilians and everything else like that. So anyway, he came up with that. So this, at this place, this guy named, um, what was his name? Um, Huss? I think it was, yeah, no, no, Helsinki. 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 <laughs> so he basically was there at this at this Hussite Reformation 100 years before Martin Luther, and they were arguing, you know, how do we deal with war, basically. And they were using the first Samuel to say, oh, well, it's okay to have war because God sanctified it. You know, he justified it way back in the Old Testament. And then some people took that to the nth degree and said, it's okay to have holy war because mm-hmm. God is the one who told us to do this. Okay. So, I mean, so you got two options there. And then the other one was no war whatsoever, a pacifist understanding. And that's what uh, Helsinki was basically promoting and what he was basically saying. He needs, and his question was, how can I kill an enemy and love them at the same time? I don't get that. I don't, I don't get how that works. And so he basically got, uh, I think he was, I don't know if he was burned at the stake as a heretic or not, but he basically said in his way, in his way of saying, if something in the Old Testament contradicts the words of Jesus, then they are nullified. That's a huge statement <laughs> to be able to say. Huge statement. Yeah. Uh, because of what you said the, when we were talking about this and you were like, hey, I believe it's the same God before, current, and in and, 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 and the future. And then, well, wait a second. If that's the case, then here comes Christ and you know at the, at the Sermon on the Mount saying, pray for your persecutors and love your enemies. Turn the other cheek. Yep. And stuff like that, which flies completely in contradiction for first Samuel's understanding of what was going on. Um, and so this guy basically was, he wrestles with it and he, and he, you know, he just basically tries to figure out what's going on. Um, and, and the point I was trying to make, and that's, and, and so basically, um, all right, I just want to, Jesus says, love your enemies, turn the other cheek. It was a command. Uh, while other Hussites were using first Samuel text, the God initiated genocide as not just approving for war, but for a, a holy war. Not hard to see that jump. And Helsinki point, pinpointed out, how do you know that you're becoming one of the enemies of God while you're doing the killing? That was his big question. So while you're doing this holy war, how do you know that you're not slowly becoming one of the enemies of God by doing the things you're doing? Right. Which is, And, and that's exactly the point that I was trying to make to one of the other guys in the chat room last time because he was saying, well, they were killing people in ovens. They were talking about, uh, World War and, and Hitler and 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 I was like, well, yeah, but just because you kill someone with an oven and someone else kills somebody with a gun, it's still killing. <laughs> and that's the point I was trying to make was we have uh, we have as Christians have got to basically question our government constantly and consistently. Why are we doing this? Are we slowly becoming the enemy of God if 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 we're doing this for the wrong reasons? It might have started out with for the right reasons, but are we continued to do this for the right reasons and things like that? So anyway. That's just I, I I got passionate about that and I had to write all this stuff down and I wanted to be able to share it. So, but the topic that do you want to say I don't know if you want to say anything about that or not because I got the main topic. No, is, I I I think I'll remain silent because enough. well the thing is is I don't know what I think about all of that honestly. I I, I in fact I'm not faced with really the need to process a whole lot of it and and when I do I, I you know I I pretty much take it as it comes. And and just haven't really felt that passionate about that topic just yet. So who knows? Maybe one day I'll be convicted to be much more passionate about the topic than I am. But at this point, I'm not. So okay, that's I, fine. I'd rather ra- rather than try to have some kind of pious understanding and input on the topic of Christian at war and whether or not war is just and all this other stuff. I think I'll remain silent on that topic. Okay. All right. Cool. And I think that's good. But I think everyone, once again, just like the flag issue, wrestle with it. Let's yeah. let's let's be educated Christians. Yep. Um. And instead of just saying I claim ignorance and then move on. No, 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 no. no. I'm, I'm not, not saying, saying that you're doing that. Yeah, I'm, just I'm not that. saying that. Let's just put it this way. Right now, I I have a a fair share, a fair fair stack of issues that I'm currently wrestling with, <laughs> and and I'll put I'll put war on the stack. And, there you go. And, okay. And, okay. And put it in the bottom so you can get to it when you get passionate about it. <laughs> but the main topic I was want to bring up yes. uh, today was. Why is it in the media? And the reason I, I did this is because I was I watched the movie uh, There Will Be Blood. Okay. Because it was like this really a really famous one, the whatever, and you know, it was Daniel Day Lewis talking about the oil rush in California and 
And um, it's all about this guy and his relationship with his uh, son, adopted son, and blah, 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 blah. And he became just consumed with selfishness basically <laughs> over time. But um, but why is it in the mainstream media, do they have to portray Christians as the crazy, sicko lunatics? Yep. I am sick of this. I am so frustrated by that. And it's almost like, and it's and this is not even true of just Christians. It's anybody, anybody of faith, if they want to represent somebody, they have to find the crazy, crazy, crazy one to represent whatever the faith is and because it makes for better drama. I mean, I get very frustrated by that because it's almost like you guys have never even talked to a Christian if this is the way you're going to portray us. I don't know about that. I... Okay, first of all, I totally agree with you that it just makes me sick some of the times, or most of the time, when I see Christians portrayed in media. However, I will tell you that of everything I've ever seen portrayed as Christian in the media, I can tell you personally, firsthand, I've seen people who fit the bill exactly as it was portrayed. I've never seen a movie or media portrayal of a Christian that I have not at one point in my life seen somebody face-to-face that met that description. I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm saying that there are a lot of crazy, just hardcore Christians that don't get it. Mm-hmm. And and those are the ones that they are representing is you and me. And I have problems with that. I do too. Because everyone assumes, oh, okay, well, if that's what a Christian is, there's no way. And I mean, that's why we're here. Exactly. Exactly. That's exactly but, why I'm here. But why do the media do that? I mean, what's well, the purpose of that? I, well, number one, um, the the thing is, is number okay. Most of the time, it's it's these really big, huge, gigantic wackos. They do some crazy things that are <laughs> yes. it's newsworthy. It, it's kind of like as an insurance agent. You know, I, I used to try to sell people. You know, people would complain about their homeowner's insurance policy. And I say, well, you know what? That's an HO3 standard policy. I can sell you what used to be called an HO2 policy. And it's the same thing except for the wording on the policy is different. Instead of saying, you know, um, we're going to cover your home for anything and everything except for these things. Instead, an HO2 policy policy says we're going to cover your home expressly for all of these things. But if we don't mention it, it's not covered. Right, Right. And I said, really, in honesty, in the last 30 years that this agency's been here, there's only been one time one kind of claim that wouldn't be covered on both uh, on both policies and that's if a deer runs through your house a deer runs yeah if a deer the- goes through the front window of your house and destroys everything inside trying to get out then it's not covered under an ho2 because wow. who would have thought to name that yeah exactly and, and so that's or why a bear it, or, yeah. or exactly so basically in essence what happened was an ho3 came out so that the unexpected could be covered right and so in essence what people say, well, I'm there's no way I'm going to go without co- that coverage. Well, how many times have you had a deer run through your house? Never. How many times have you known somebody who had a deer? How many times have you seen it on the news? Well, I've seen it on the news at least three times over the last five years. Why do you think you've seen it on the news? Exactly. Because it's so crazy. Exactly. Exactly. And so the whole idea is that crazy people make it. I don't watch the news anymore, the media news right. anymore, because I am sick of all the crazy stuff that they pull up. You know what? If if I watched the Channel 9 news here in Cincinnati, Ohio, Monday through Friday before I went to bed every single night, I would despise this area that I live in. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. would think that this is the most wicked, evil place on earth, and I would have <laughs> no choice other than to move somewhere else. <laughs> now, the thing is, is, is Cincinnati a bad place? Absolutely not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's what I'm saying. Is, is so if 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 you were if if you said okay, I th- I'm thinking about moving to Sunnydale, California. I'll tell you what. But before I move there, I'm going to get the newspaper delivered to me, and I'm going to find somebody who will record every single episode of the nightly news so that I can see what's going on in that town before I move there. Yeah, that the is the town. same portrayal of that town as a Christian in a, in a television show right, or, exactly. or in a movie. Exactly. And so you cannot base it based upon what the media... The media exactly. always portrays the crazy, nut nuttiest things that really have little any interest in, in good and wholeness. Right. And, the, only thing that I, the only thing I've ever seen... And I don't know. I mean, there might be other ones here and there, but one of the few times I actually saw something that was, I was like, 
finally they actually made an intellectual Christian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was Studio 60. I don't know if you ever watched Studio 60 or not. No, um, I never did watch that. But it was a it was a woman who was just hardcore, super conservative Christian. And, you know, she makes a lot of mistakes just, just like anybody else. But she would always have these really good discussions with her ex-boyfriend um, who was, you know, either agnostic or atheist. And and he would they would just have these really great theological debates in this show. I mean, it was great debates. And and it was it was one of those things where I was just like, you know, this is the first time I've ever seen anyone even attempt at trying to come up with an intellectual Christian uh, on this show. You know, on um, any show, the the unit. Uh, ha, ha, do you watch the unit? I don't know. Okay. I, I mean, I've seen it like four or five times, but I, I'm not a regular viewer. The, 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 they don't hardly touch on the on the subject of faith whatsoever. But they did make a point to show this one episode where this one army wife uh, was, you know, they're getting ready to have another child and. Uh, so, something about, you know, well, you know, I'll pray for you. And she goes, well, I don't pray. And and what do you mean you don't pray? And the husband and wife had a little disagreement. But And, and then, of course, there was another episode where somebody struggled with a, a moral issue of what was right and wrong. And uh, when, so in more and more, I'm starting to see people who uh, are in these television shows who are doing a more accurate portrayal hmm. of Christian homes. And it's not, I mean, by Christian homes, I'm not saying it's like, well, you would think that there would be more Christ at the center and at the center of more decisions and stuff like that. But for the most part, at least they're starting to, I'm starting to see places where people are people of faith and they haven't quite maybe gotten to the point in their Christian journey that there is devout to their faith right. and where Christ right. is more at the center of their life. But I'm seeing it. it it's just not, it's, it's just few and far between. But what about lost? I mean, you're an expert on lost. Is it, was it, was there, yeah. was there like a priest or something like that? Yeah. There, um, Mr. Echo was, uh, and they, in fact, they did a whole episode where Charlie, uh, was seeing visions and he felt like it was important that, uh, for one Claire's baby on the Island to be baptized Hmm. Um, it was it was of the utmost importance. So Christianity and, was not necessarily pooped upon. <laughs> no, no. In fact, <laughs> in, in, in 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 uh, Lost, Christianity is not pooped upon at all. Good. good. In, in, in and, fact, and Firefly, it, my favorite TV series, they had a very open and honest, you know, priest on there, and I really appreciated that too. So maybe I, I really do kind of get a sense. Maybe maybe, <laughs> although it's definitely not true. <laughs> And, and, you know, there will be blood, but maybe there is, maybe they're getting at least in television series. Um, but, you know, another part of it is I'm wondering if they're just saying, whoa, there's a huge crowd out there that we're missing. And if we just throw in a little bit of Christianity, then all these Christians have, they feel like they have the the permission to be able to say, oh, we can watch this one now because they talked about, Christ- yeah, they but- talked about baptism, Let's, you know, and I don't know if it's for money and viewership and stuff like that. I have no you just, idea. You worry about those things. But- well, I don't worry about any of it. As far I as do. I'm con- <laughs> as far as I'm concerned is, is it is what it is. It's entertainment. And, and, and the people who wrote it, I mean, if their purpose is to put some kind of, uh, Christian to to put a Christian mes- message in it, then that's when I really care about the Christian message that's being portrayed. But if the, if it is a totally secular entertainment um, avenue, and they choose to put some kind of weird stuff in there, I mean, I I get more upset with uh, you know the some of the other stuff. I, I'm not going to go into it here because yeah. it, it'd be too much. But one of the things that I realized a long time ago, I was I turned on the radio and I was listening. Uh, flipping through the stations, and I didn't realize what I was listening to, but it was an interview. And come to find out, it was an interview from Howard with uh, on the Howard Stern show oh. with a guy who claimed to be a pastor. And I'm like, okay, this sounds this sounds interesting. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, had the feeling exactly like what you just felt, what you were just saying. It's like I was indignant, I was enraged. Yeah. And I'm like, I cannot believe that somebody, I, I mean, you have to understand that that's not what real Christianity exactly, is. Yeah. And it was the guy who runs God's, GodHatesFags.com. Oh, my gosh. And the, he was sitting there letting this guy spout off. And, of course, you know, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, I just said his name. What's Howard Stern. Howard Stern was having a field day with it. Just agging the guy on and just really just and and of course making a mockery of anybody who would be a christian and 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 the more i think back on that it's like hello wait a second consider the source 
Right. Can can I really fault Howard Stern for what he did? I mean, I, was it was it ruthless and crude? Well, that's I mean that's, that's, that's what he stick. that's yeah. his stick. That's what he does. <laughs> yeah. And 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 and, and all of a sudden it's like you know what? I can't be angry at that. that's who he is. That's what he does. If anything, I'm angry at the guy who got on there and does that website and everything else. And I think that's the guy to be angry and with. I can even tell you stories because they actually came and picketed uh, our church in Santa Fe. Is that right? Oh yeah, yeah. And it was. Oh my gosh! I mean, it was just all they want to do is to get publicity to be able to, to. I mean, and it was crazy. I mean, they had signs up there that had that stuff, and in the Methodist church, our symbol is a cross and flame, mm-hmm. and they thought they were going to piss us off by making it upside down. <laughs> like what? <laughs> but uh. the, and the pastor at that church uh, was a woman, and uh, and so he basically said something like, uh, "Your pastor's a whore." It was, was one of the signs. Oh, my god! And it gosh. really hurt her. And I was one of the associate pastors um, there at the church. And uh, she got through preaching the second service after they had they visited during Sunday school while everybody's leaving and coming in. And uh, and then <laughs> Namika was her name. When she got done preaching the sermon, she sat down and I said, it wasn't too bad for a whore. <laughs> she gosh. hit me with a bullet and we went on. But <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Well, there we go. We've got plenty of topics that we just oh, introduced the into the. That's right. <laughs> we could talk about homosexuality, yeah, women yeah, in yeah. ministry. <laughs> oh gosh. So anyway, folks, we want to thank you for for listening to us ramble and rant and all this other stuff here at we the about the church podcast. Um, we do. We we really really encourage your feedback. In fact, um, uh, we want to say thank you to a couple people here. First of all. Uh, thank you for the for the folks over at AC, oh, AxNetwork.com, A-C-T-S-Network.com. It's the greatest stories never told. Uh-huh. He pulls out just some uh, different Christian uh, articles and stories that you probably won't hear anywhere else. And he put a banner of uh, about the mm-hmm. church up on the header of his site so that uh, to help promote our show, and if you got, if you guys wouldn't mind, tell somebody else about our show. Just tell them to go to. Um, I think we have aboutthechurch.com. Will you check that out? Uh, sure. So uh, I think you can tell them to go to aboutthechurch.com, and DG is going to confirm that. Um, also, uh, Professor Blog last week he uh, wrote back in. He says, "Listen, dudes, I no, we don't have aboutthechurch.com." No, it has a picture of the Pope on it. Oh no, that's not us. So don't send them to. Just send them to uh, gspn.tv. And uh, <laughs> we're giving away someone else's. <laughs> That's great stuff. Oh, it's awesome. Uh, I need to get us a, a domain. So anyway, just send on the gspn.tv and then to the category for about the church. How's that? All right. So cool. Professor Blog wrote back in. He says, "Hey, dudes. Yes, I am a professor at a real estate university. Uh, let's see. I enjoyed the conversation about the weird American commingling of faith and country. I appreciate my nation, but the Constitution is not scripture. Presidential addresses are not sir." are not the Sermon on the Mount, and the Bill of Rights are not the Ten Commandments. The phrase Christian nation confuses me, maybe even scares me. As a matter of fact, I am a huge fan of separation of church and state because it protects the church. Analyze the state of faith in the Western Europe to see the results of the alternative. Keep up the good work. Allen in Central Ohio, also known as Professor Allen on the Boards. And then, of course... Which is cool. Thanks so much. Absolutely. And we want to thank our anonymous sponsor for the month of July. Uh, This podcast uh, has been sponsored through the end of July. And if you would like to learn how to sponsor anonymously um, our podcast, just send your feedback uh, along with everybody else's at feedback at gspn.tv. And our sponsor simply asks us to give you this message. Please consider praying for the health and success of a local church in your area other than your own. And with that, thank you for listening. Thank you. And of course, we do want you to call in. Yes. Do, do you know the number yet? No. Not a chance. Sorry. It's area code 859-795-4067. Again, that number is area code 859-795-4067. We're looking forward to hearing your questions in next week's show. We do record this live in front of an internet audience at gspn.tv slash live, 10 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time. (laughs) On Tuesday mornings. Tuesday mornings. We'll see you there. Woo! I knew that one.